Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Well, welcome everyone to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. January 8th, 2019, and today we are anticipating a presidential address from President Donald J. Trump. Today we have a lot to talk about, but we've been talking about it on my show in regards to what we expect from this uh, presidential address and what he's going to be talking about because we've been talking about it for weeks Organized crime, terrorism, and the humanitarian crisis of child and human trafficking. Yesterday, those of you that tuned in realized that human and child trafficking, first of all, is bilateral on our border. That means our children here in America that are kidnapped fall through the cracks in the foster system, are also smuggled across the border and distributed to buyers uh, worldwide. I promise to give you a show on genetic targeting of specific children and even adults to feed uh, one of the largest industries. This industry of human trafficking, of slavery, has existed for eons From the beginning of time, certain human beings believe that they are above other human beings. And this isn't just about your color. It is your status, right? Because you can't sit at the table with your Senator Pelosi, your House member Pelosi, Representative Pelosi, my apologies, or Chuck Schumer, or any of those because you are not the same to them. Don't look at the camera ops, you know, the photo opportunities that they have to sit with average Americans. They do not see you as the same. Even Hillary Clinton's campaign was, I'm with her. You're following her. President Trump, though, was, I'm with you. He walks with us. He listens to us. To us, to you and me. He may not know your name. He may not have heard you, seen you. But every day he is out there fighting for you because he listens. Every single time you tag him on a Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter post, he's got a team of people scouring through to see what you have to say. And it's not like he's going to respond to every single person, but he takes it on board and they collate this uh you know, sheet of what topics his people are talking about. What you are asking him, what is important to you? It's not just the hashtags. 
So before we get into the left foaming at the mouth for a presidential address to address that, I just want to revisit something that I talked about, I've been talking about. I actually said that, you know, maybe I was wrong. I want to talk about RGB. I want to talk about the coincidental timing of the release of the movie RGB and her suddenly not being able to come in person and, uh, you know, uh, formulate opinions. Now, it was, I think it was uh, when she fell and cracked her ribs that I was on a couple of shows, but specifically the Scott Adams show, where I said, no, no, no. I don't think she cracked her, her ribs. I, I, you know, she might have, but I believe she's on life support. She's, she's gone, and this is a distraction, and now we have to pick another SCOTUS. Uh, but they won't let us. They'll hold on to her until they need to unplug her to cause a distraction. It's an unnecessary additional thing on our president's plate to address when he's got so much. He's stopped wars. He's negotiating with China, which is the biggest threat. The rise of China is one of the biggest threats, not just to us, but for everyone. Even the globalists, they just think they're smarter. They're not. He's trying to collect our resources, build our military, and buffer the issue of China. He's ending wars that we don't want, we shouldn't be in, and delegating it to the neighboring countries to deal with their own problems. He's reconstructing our economy. He's challenging the markets, surveying the area to create a gold-backed currency. He's doing all that. Now he has to pick a SCOTUS. With all this coming out, this is rushing it. As I've said before, we must be patient. I've been saying martial law is great. I mean, it's not going to be martial law. It's kind of like a soft touch and pet of martial law. Not really, but you know, if your state goes into a state of emergency, what happens for security reasons or anything? Your military comes in and helps. So the biggest supporters of our nations, the one that defend us every single day, the one, the, the people that have put their lives on the line for you and I, are going to be the one taking the reins during this declaration of a humanitarian and national security. Funny how RGB now is falling into not being able to function. But I'd like to make, you know, reinforce the point I made yesterday an inch to... Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago when I said, everyone's calling me out that I was finally wrong, that Tori's crystal ball didn't work. RGB is still there. Well, the thing is, she has not been there for a while. She's been providing opinions from her bedside. And that should make you think. Imagine if you slipped and fell, like they say, 
cracked your ribs and they did these x-rays, like I said, anatomically keeping the story straight and find tumors. You're 85 years old, you're fragile and somehow fell but didn't crack your hip, which is 99% of the time what happens. But let's pretend she's she's got iron hips. And you are in pain. Will you not take pain medication? Of course you will. You have tumors that warrant a lobectomy. And to get a lobectomy, you will have some therapy that you will have to undergo prior to that. These are all medications. And it's not your average medication. Hey, I had a root canal. Here's some pain meds. We're talking real stuff. So we have to think. Has she provided opinions from her bedside sick under medication? That should be scary, right? If she was providing opinions that mold and are the ultimate word of our nation's laws under the influence of pain medications or any medications. Whatever preparatory medications for her cancer that she was taking. This should alarm you. But then maybe she didn't provide these opinions and someone was doing it for her. So regardless of how you see it, something is really, really wrong with this. And then the timely discussion of her having surgery, you know, she went to Sloan Kettering, right? That's New York City. Not a lot can move without people of New York knowing what's going on. So the stomping grounds of New York City are obviously our presidents. One of the biggest real estate mongols with lots of connections. Maybe he found out she was there, so they had to report the surgery. But if you notice, she had the surgery and she was up and ready and working. And then a couple days later, she's like, they, they report, oh, she's not going to turn up. Pretty interesting, right, how that happens. It's not because you got caught. Or how's this? We knew about it, but no real harm done. Because again, let me reinforce, it's not about finding out who the covert person is or what it is they're doing it is how they are doing it so now we've found the method and how they can even conceal opinions offered to our supreme court justice on laws that are the foundations of our nation that may or may not be hers Interesting. And you know, the deep state can't argue that New York City is President Trump's Trump t- stumping ground, right? So he would find out. So they have to acknowledge it. Funny how her movie comes out just around the time that they decide to say she can't work anymore. Interesting. So timely. And this movie paints her to be some amazing person. Don't get me wrong. 
No one gets into the government, well, not everybody, groomed in with the intention to subvert the very foundations of the nation they're supposed to be serving. No one does. Well, no, they do, but not everyone does. And her story rising in the legal and, you know, as a judge and coming up may indeed be true. But then it stops at some point because we see her take a different turn, specifically graying out the area between the sexes, which, you know, for the extreme left, the radical left, is imperative. Imperative to say that we are genderless. Imperative to say that there should be no boys and Girl Scouts. It should just be Scouts. And that, that everyone is created equal. We're not. Biologically, we're not. We make babies. They don't. We work with estrogen and, and they work with testosterone. So, no, we are not equal. And the most important organ that no one knows about that actually discerns the difference between male and female, and hey, for my male audience, you know, you might hate this, but there's a little portion at the chasm of your eye, behind your eyes, you know, where they cross, the neurons cross. It's called the supranuclei. Women have a larger one. That is known to be able to multitask process. So obviously women have been biologically built to multitask better. And that would make sense. In the more primitive times, a man would leave the hut and hunt. And maybe he'd come back with food, maybe not. The woman, on the other hand, would be in charge of raising the children, would be in charge of organizing everything, and be in charge of taking the food that is brought back and taking care of it, storing it, uh, cooking it, feeding it, whatever, making, you know, jackets, uh, bedding from the, <laughs> from the fur, uh, because they're stronger in that sense. And I know my males, you don't like to hear it, but you know, fair is fair. Guys are more muscular, stronger, uh, genetically built like that. Not saying that women can't run and hunt because we can, I'm a pretty good hunter, but you know, I'm okay with that. Cause I make babies and you don't. So, hey, so what she did was eradicate that line. That's where it got dangerous or her stupid little collar that she wore to show her defiance. Like we have a SCOTUS protesting seriously. Can it be any more biased? So her family and her fans have mourned her from the time she fell and cracked her ribs. I'm pretty sure that this would have been exposed earlier if any of the opinions that were provided were deviating far from what she would normally provide and or cause harm. You know, who knows? It could have been someone that, you know, is conservative that wrote them for her. We don't know because I don't think she was writing them. I'm sorry. I take Tylenol 3 and I'm out for the count and I consider myself pretty sharp. I mean, I'm not sharp 
like her, I guess. I don't have oodles and ages of experience in law, but I have experience in other things. And I will actually explain to you what Trump is going to be talking about in more layman terms using actual experience uh, where we're going to be talking about the terrorists and how they penetrate and how people of interest are located. And, you know, this isn't really classified, so I can talk about it. But sticking with RGB, did you guys see the trailers for the movie? I saw so many people applauding it, feminists applauding it, the left rejoicing. This was the whole point. This is why they kept her on. They needed that movie to come out because she needs to go out with a bang. So that way, when the next SCOTUS appointment comes, it's got to be someone like RGB, someone that will protest They want to put a protester, someone that will look at the law differently. You know, uh, I am someone that uh, engages in legal fare against corrupt individuals. And what I notice is, is that it is very rare and so, such a breath of fresh air. When we see a judge provide opinions or statements that says, listen, I may not like this, but I have to follow the law. Even in cases where I am like, no, like I am, that would be the only time that I would, well, capital punishment actually is way too lenient. It's like torture for me. For anyone that violates a child, for me that, I mean, at that point, I can't see any excuse, any reason for you. And all you should do is be tortured forever, ever, ever, ever. But, you know, I came across a judge, an actual local judge uh, in my state where a pedophile was arrested and tried and he pled guilty, you know, how they downplay all the charges later, like child pornography or, you know, um, gross sexual imposition, just one count, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, whatever happened was uh, this, this man, this pervert, this sorry excuse for a human being was not provided counsel. He was refused an attorney for whatever XYZ reason. And he appealed to withdraw his guilty plea and his plea deal because he didn't have a lawyer. And no matter how much I hate saying this, he was right. No matter how big of a piece of crap you are, you deserve every single right that is afforded to you by our U.S. Constitution. And there are so many judges in my state, and yet this was the only one that I've seen consistently. This is the one that should be the supreme, you know, the chief justice in my state. To sit there and say, I have to agree even if I don't want to. Because that's the law. So this is how every single Supreme Court justice of our nation should be. Impartial to whatever crime you may have committed, to whatever thing, anything that is being brought forward, to be seen objectively and in the best interest of ensuring that the foundations of our legal system are upheld and that there are no exceptions. And when you interpret the law, you interpret it the way it is intended to, to adhere to those laws. That is something we did not see with RGB. 
We had not seen it for a very long time upon her appointment. She was placed purposefully for that very reason. And Chief Justice Roberts, your time will be coming. You may be complying. But what you did in January of 2017, you will be held accountable for that. Because upstream, everybody's upstream. So, maybe we could take bets on when we're going to have this funeral. I don't know. Probably right after this, uh, you know, national state of emergency is called. You know, what are we going to see them try to throw a wrench into? Because, you know, that's the only time that they're going to pull that card. Kind of like the convenient bush death. Don't want to get too far into that one, do I? That's what we need to pay attention to, the timing. But, speaking of timing, no better timing than now to provide a presidential address to the nation and speak to them directly and tell them exactly what is going on on the southern border. And the thing is, is that President Trump could have done this a year ago. Could have done it on his first day in office. But he gave the Democrats the opportunity to save face. Because after what you hear today from me and what you will hear from the president at 9 p.m., I want you to think of one thing. All of this is going on, and they know about it, and still do not want a wall. And they even have the cheek to say that it's immoral to have it. So I guess that's another word that the left is redefining. Because on subreddits, I myself put the argument, the simple argument that I've made to you, that I've put out to Nancy Pelosi, that I've restated again and again and again. If that wall can deter one child one young woman, one young man from the United States or from anywhere in the world to be pushed across that border going in or out of the United States and be sold into sexual slavery or as dinner or as an organ donor or just a simple house slave. Isn't the wall worth it? Are you saying that that innocent, vulnerable life is meaningless to what? votes is that what it comes down to because that is what it's coming down to and president trump is a man that will afford you the chance to save your face because you weren't nasty immoral inhumane and corrupt all your life you've done some good and this is why when he entered into the republican party he said if you do not resign, I will expose you. If you dare to run again, I will expose you. This is why there was a huge purge in the Republican Party and replaced with actual conservatives. And you know what? They're not really conservatives. They're all centrists. Because we need to realize that there's no Democrat, no Republican. But with these elections, we were able to gain enough senators that were centrists that did have 
the American people's interest first at heart. And thus providing us the platform to be able to make these changes. And just like that, the president provided the same opportunity to the Democrats. He said, let's talk. Let's talk about this wall. I want this wall. I've been saying I want this wall. We need to talk about it. Look at what's going on. The crime, the illegals, they're costing us money. You know, he took it every which way. They're costing us multiple billions, you know, 200, 300 billion dollars a year just to house them and incorporate them and try them and see if they have asylum. So the money's not the factor. So he moves on and says, organized crime. This is MS-13 cleans up Long Island. And then you see the memes with Pelosi hugging MS-13. And it's like, oh, they were criminals there, but they come across the border for the white picket fence, whatever. They will make an excuse for everything. Drugs, not a big deal. We can regulate it differently by creating needle programs and more, you know, police uh, intervention or more stops or something. So he moves on and says, well, human trafficking. And they're like, what? Um, yeah. So nobody's talking about that. So the minute he starts talking about it this weekend, no one's talking about it. Of course, he decides maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. I open the eyes of the American citizens and advise them of what's really going on. The horrific, old is time, lucrative industry of human and child trafficking. So his answer was a presidential address, which is being highly anticipated, which we'll talk about shortly after this break. I'll see you all in a few. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. That you can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 700 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Welcome back. So before we get into it, I want to direct you to Vice President Pence. Not a fan, but okay. I just want you to listen to these interviews that the Vice President himself had provided. So this first one I'm going to play for you is from CBS This Morning, and it's titled Shutdown Stalemate. So let's get this one started so you can hear to the table. We spent the entire weekend in this room with senior aides for the Republican and Democrat leadership on Capitol Hill. We listened carefully to what their priorities were. What the president put forward is is a, a reaffirmation of his determination to build a wall on the southern border, but the president said it could be a steel barrier. Recognize you consider that a concession? I, I think that there were many Democrats in the leadership meetings who expressed concern about concrete, and the president said, we'll build a steel barrier. But the president also listened carefully to their priorities about additional humanitarian and medical resources, additional technology for screening at all of our ports of entry. We've incorporated those reforms, including legal reforms. And the proposal that we have on the table is a reflection of the president's priority to build a wall, to provide resources to Customs Border Patrol and Immigration and Customs Enforcement. But it also, our proposal also incorporates what we're hearing from the Democrats. But the fact is, what we heard over the course of this weekend is they're not even willing to negotiate until the president reopens the government. And the Why American, won't he do the that? American people, the American people deserve better than that. They deserve the Democrats to come back to the table, start negotiating, and we believe we can resolve this through the legislative process. All right. So I'm going to just say something critical, and I'm not going to – and feel free to read into it. But he could have been – more non he couldn't have been more non specific in his response but key issues here while the president was at camp david vice president pence was talking with the democrats 
explain to them the concerns, which they are very well aware of, because this isn't something new. This has been happening for decades upon decades. So they sat at the table and he said, listen, we need a wall. We need a barrier. Have you noticed that they changed the word? Because apparently the word wall triggers them. It has nothing to do with concrete. And personally, I prefer steel barred wall. And then we can do the concrete behind it because we'll get to do that too. Because, you know, the steel bars can go far down. They can't be destroyed easily. That's steel. You know, this is why we had the question of, how did a plane cut through butter? Cut through Twin Towers, just like butter. And those were steel bars. But anyway, that's a discussion for another time. That's a more, I'm just saying, type of conversation. But think about it. If we have steel bars and they're buried far deeper than you can a concrete wall... That'll deter tunneling because, you know, we've seen those tunnels. What was it, that KFC that had that long tunnel that went out to Mexico? Yeah, because they were just moving drugs, right? So that's important. So they don't want a wall. They don't want a wall. They want, And they're thinking about a barrier, but they're like, no, only if he opens up the government. Well, no, it doesn't work like that. You were unwilling to negotiate before he threatened the shutdown. And now you say, well, maybe we'll talk about it if you open up the government again. No, because the partial shutdown, you need to pay attention to what he shut down. Because not everyone is affected. It's very specific divisions. And that we'll talk about later this week. Because right now, dominating our airwaves is this. We are getting this wall And we're going to call it a wall, even if it triggers you. And I know the president is constantly being told, don't use the word wall, say barrier. Because it triggers them. The word wall is a trigger. You can hear them shrieking. So President Trump has laid it out. He's told them, not only do we need this, and I'm getting this. And and, and, and just saying Pence actually reinforced that. He also said, you know, we want to install medical and, you know, you know medical facilities and uh, better screening. And better screening is what Jeff Sessions had mentioned. DNA testing. Faster DNA testing. Identifying people through fingerprints. Documenting them correctly. Using the appropriate biometrics that may now, in 2019, uh, in a way, be allowed to bypass. We need to find better markers in order to identify people. Because one thing you keep hearing, and I posted it on subreddits, and I'm pulling my hair out thinking these cannot be real human beings, is look at him separating families. Of course he's going to separate them. What if I turned up at the border with some dude and six kids and they kind of look like me? Maybe we're the same skin tone, hair color. And then they, we come to the border and we're like, yeah, these are my kids and they're too young to talk. Or some of them are too scared to talk because maybe I'll rape them that evening or pass them around to 20 dudes or not feed them or beat them or tell them how I'm going to do really nasty things to their mom and dad. They will not say no. So what do we do? 
take their word for it that all of those children or even that one child is theirs. No, we genetically test them. And if you remember the report that came out saying that we've received, you know, uh, you know, 2000, what was it? No, it was like just under like 1500 families, um, that had children with them and out of them, 538 were not related. So they weren't even remotely related to say second cousin, third cousin, because if you compare the DNA I have with my first, second, and even third cousin, we've got commonality. So we're kind of in the same family circle not related, meaning to any degree. But, you know, one would say, well, the others were related. Yeah, but how close? Could have been a cousin? I mean, you know, in our nation, there are some places that marry their first cousins, right? And, you know, I know people that don't even know who their cousins are. You know, I'm Greek. I know my fifth cousins. You know, they're still considered family. This is why we're so, you know, (laughs) connected. So... Think about it. If some guy from the same village in, you know, the Ukraine smuggled three children across on a plane with fake passports to Mexico because their security measures are different or Honduras or Costa Rica or whatever, and then walk up to our border to cross and says, these are my kids. And he's like a second cousin or third cousin or kind of related, but not really. So does that quantify that that those are his kids? They're not, obviously, because you can tell, but they're family. Do you separate them then? Do you know the intentions he has with those children? Does he have proper identification? This is a humanitarian crisis. These are vulnerable people. You know, if any of you actually went to the justice.gov site to look at the sentencing documentation, you will see that they reunited 19 minors with their parents. Think about it. 19 children forced to, to have at least 45 sexual acts an evening with random strangers while they were beaten into submission. You think that pervert that's going to pay 50 bucks for a trick with someone in a hole somewhere in Queens is going to be nice and loving to that 12-year-old child? No, he's not. Men don't go out to brothels to do what they can do with a woman in their bed that they respect. Think about it. And then don't think about... Fair enough. You're like, well, it doesn't matter. It's not like the Mexicans. And How about the children in the United States that are kidnapped every day, that fall through the cracks in our foster supposed system, or are called runaways because they were troubled individuals. So those are the great ones to kidnap, right? Because then everyone's just going to assume they ran away themselves. That are then put on trucks, in trunks of cars. Or made to walk across the border to Mexico, where they're then dispersed around the world to the buyer that wanted them. What about the really rich guy sitting somewhere, I don't know, in Africa or Asia? Sick amounts of money that needs a specific kidney or a bone marrow transplant. Where you have to be genotyped, right? And it has to be specific. You have to have the right, uh, you know, antibodies, profiles, etc. Where do you find that information? Right, that's right. 
Remember when I told you how hospitals, when you go there and they take your blood, they, you, that you actually sign when they treat you for them to actually parse your DNA? You think that they don't collect your information and share it? It says it when you sign it every single time you go to the doctor's office. This is why I've said every time you sign, you put your signature. You better write down only consent to treat. Nothing else. You have to do that. I've trained my children to do that. And everyone I know, I tell them to do that. Because this is how they profile you. This is how they put you on a system. So when that really rich, insanely rich guy sitting in India, this Mahya with so much money that needs a bone marrow transplant. Remember that time when Mickey fell down and broke his arm when he was like six? And suddenly one day he doesn't get on the school bus to come home and you don't know where he is. And he's been kidnapped, taken across the border in Mexico and flown in a private jet out to India. So they can use whatever they need for Mickey. And they'll keep him on ice maybe or take his organs or do something or keep him alive just in case, you know, there's a reoccurrence of the disease. Or they take his lung and they're like, hey, we might need the other one later. Let's keep him alive. This is the most lucrative industry. Imagine all these rich fat cats, these, this, th- these elite globalists. I mean, Soros has had how many heart transplants? Think about it. At his age, to have had so many heart transplants. I mean, how many people get bumped down to the list because they're higher risk than the other one? If there's a man who's 82 that needs a heart and one becomes available, you're obviously going to give it to the 15-year-old, not the 82-year-old. And it's got to be specific, right? It's got to be the right type. Pretty interesting, right? The unspoken industries, not just slavery, but for harvesting. This is real. Greece... Learn the hard way because everyone was coming through their oceans, remember? That was one of the main access points where people fled and ran into Europe. They were washing up on their shores with people that had empty cavities. There's stories of people that have uh, gone on vacation and they get drunk and wake up and they're missing a kidney. I mean, they were lucky they're still around. This is just one facet of it because then there's the perverted part, of course. So again, who can actually say that we should not have a wall to prevent this industry from having the majority of their, you know, uh, market being cut off? Because I had this discussion with my husband and he was like, you know, But, you know, these rich people, they may have boats. And who's to say that I don't, like, fill my yacht up with 20 kids and, you know, go around the wall and then stop in Mexico or go wherever I want. And he's right. But you take it one at a time. You develop the technology at your ports to be able to identify things like this. But for now, the biggest problem is this open border that allows it to happen and perpetuate. So I'm going to play you another clip uh, where he was talking with Haley Jackson. 
listen, listen to what she says and how upset she is, too. Through our country through various means, but terrorists, we've seen more than, than 4,000 known or suspected terrorists attempt to come into our country through various means, but on the southern border... Yeah, but let me stop you on that number, on because it is a misleading claim that's been fact-checked, as I believe well, you're aware, look, because that number is for all ports of entry, including airports. Well, <laughs> and that's what I was saying. It is from all ports of entry, but on the southern border... Last year alone, 3,000 special interest aliens were apprehended trying to come into our country. Those are individuals whose travel patterns or backgrounds represent the need for additional screening and represent a potential security threat to the United States of America. They're two different categories, and they often get conflated. But remember also that seven, we apprehended 17,000 people with criminal records at attempting to come into this country on the southern border last year alone. All right. So, and thank you for my listeners for letting me know that my volume was down. That was me. Uh, I appreciate it. So, you see how Haley Jackson totally jumped in. Oh, that was so misleading. That means all ports of entry. And he said, yeah, I said that. So, speaking of that, let me tell you about my firsthand knowledge of this. I'll give you one example without specific dates, so that way I can conceal some information um, because it is classified on that end. Uh, this is, but it, the whole situation is something that a lot of people um, will understand. It's uh, 3 a.m. and I get a phone call from Homeland, uh, a Homeland branch, and I'm asked to assist at an airport. So they telephonically patch me in, and I'm asked to determine if the passport holder is actually who they say they are. So this passport holder claims um, and speaks to me in Greek. At first instance, I noticed that the, the speech patterns were off. I could not identify if they were from the northern part of Greece, southern part of Greece, islanders. You know, it's very specific. Everybody has their accent. I was trained to understand that. And so I ask him a couple of questions, and I ask him to hand me back to the agent. And I ask the agent to read off to me in the Latin-based characters the name and the number. And I said, just give me all the details so he doesn't get thrown off to what I really want to find out. So the name was something, um, you know, and I'm just going to use a generic name, uh, Dimitri, right? That's a Russian name, Greek name, right? Demetrius. And I said to him, great, listen, do you see on the passport where it's written in Cyrillic? He said, yes. So I asked him, to pass me back the gentleman, and I asked the gentleman to write down um, the address of where he's going in the United States to visit as a tourist. And then I asked him to just write his name, print it at the bottom, and sign it, so that way we have a file of where he's going. I asked then the gentleman to take a picture of that. And in that, I determined that the person was not the passport holder. He was actually a migrant from the Middle East. Very well trained to be able to speak the language in a very neutral tone. And very well to be able to conceal his primary language. 
And even when he spoke English, he used it with an accent that would be native of someone uh, from the Mediterranean, even Greek or Turkish, which is very familiar. It would be something like, you know, how we would say, oh, I don't know what I want. It would be like, I don't know what I want, is how they would say it. So he was very good. But he wasn't very good in the way he wrote it. And that's how we found him. This is just how crafty they are. See, I am very well versed in my craft of languages. I, I can identify 181, you know, all 181 written languages. That's my niche. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm great at patterns. But how many of me's exist? There's a lot. There's a lot of linguists. But how many, how how many resources did you see being used just for this? Because obviously, the things that we have in place in technology, like passport scanning and the biometrics in place, can be hacked. And this incident did not happen anytime super recently. So that tells you that the Democrats' argument that we can look at other avenues for screening people, and we're talking all ports of entry. We're talking, you know, uh, water entry, air entry, road entry, port of entry, even if we have a wall. They are not up to spec. They are not. I've said it before. Your social security number is not safe. You think it's safe. Everybody and their mother has it. That's not the way you can identify yourself. And I'm all for going to my bank and putting down my finger to sign something. And that's it. That's my signature. And that's how they check it. Well, that can also be duplicated because they do it on biometrics. So where do we go? The next step, which would be a different form of testing, more evasive, very private, but more secure, which again would beg, you know, violations of privacy because it would be genetically based or, you know, et cetera. But on the other hand, the bad guys are also as crafty as us. Imagine how he got through biometric screening. And the only reason, this is because we had amazing people patrolling our ports. I mean, they're training, I I assume, that under the direction of President Trump, they're even better. He was able to spot something that didn't make sense to him in the way he was holding a drink because he had served in the Middle East before. The way he was holding it, because, you know, I know that people on the East Coast, especially from the Southeast, your, your dudes, your bros, your frat boys, usually when they hold a bottleneck beer, they kind of curve their hand in and hold it on a comfortable position, you know, kind of like leaning back like a hug ish, like a hook, you know, there are little nuances that people do that stick with you. And he, on that, was just like, oh, I have a hunch. Thank goodness he did it. Turned out this guy was, you know, trying to penetrate our borders and was able to go undetected if he was not holding a drink. This is how scary it is. Having terrorists 
being able to come through even our more secure ports of entry like airports. Imagine how many of them are coming through the southern border. So when people say we don't need a wall, we can do it another way. It's like, no, man, you can't. Airports are the most secure and we still can't get rid of all of them and catch them all. We can't. These patterns that he talks about of their travel patterns are very important. But, you know, they get smarter. They make sure that their flight or travel patterns are irregular. You know, when you're moving things around or when you're going through training and meeting with people, they are getting smarter because what? You think we're smarter? They're just as smart. They're just smart at being bad. They're just smart at, you know, achieving their goals. And our goals are to maintain peace and liberty in our nation. Their goal is to create chaos and disrupt it and bring us, you know, a more socialist type environment. And I've said it before, the only way any American citizen will forfeit their right and has me considering me, who is the person that will rather burn in flames than violate any portion of privacy. I'm even thinking, well, maybe because of fear. We don't need another 9-11, do we? Because that's what they're going to do. Do we need another mass shooting in Vegas where they say it's one guy, but there was like tons? You know, we don't even know what happened. It's been how long since Vegas and we still don't know what happened? It seems like a cover-up. Why? Because it was a plan gone awry. Because these are the type of people that can enter through our southern border undetected. Imagine the statistics he said was 4,000 known or suspected terrorists. And the majority, you can only catch them at airports or naval ports because they're more secure. You have no security on the southern border. So therefore, you can't even quantify it. But I can tell you, you could probably add a couple zeros because if we've got an average of 60,000 people going through our border and that's still low and we're just trying to modestly quantify, just imagine how many of them are terrorists if 4,000 of them are trying to come through the most secure ports of entry in our country. That should tell you more than enough. We need the security at least to reduce the risk because it's not going to eliminate it. I'll see you all in a few after this break. Okay, everyone. So we're at our last hour. I thought for the last half hour, so after the next break, I'll open up the lines. Um, Well, I'll try to because we all know how that works out for me every time I do it. Um, There's always technical glitches, but I'll give it a shot. Um, 
to, you know, get some questions. And I want to hear from you because I've gotten so many messages. And again, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Tori underscore says on Gab. You know, sometimes when I'm on air, you can hear a little frog ribbit. Um, and that's usually someone sending me a message on Gab. So at Gab, you can find me at Tori underscore says, or you can email me at Tor at torsays.com. Now, uh, before I continue, I just wanted to tell you, remember, tomorrow is our Wednesdays with Laura Loomer, and she's on on the second half hour with me, taking questions, comments, and uh, like I said, Thursday, I will have a Shady Grove and In the Matrix to come and talk about the Q movement. And these guys have done something completely different where they have gone retroactively from the beginning of Q and kind of parsed together and put things together. And I think it's an interesting uh, perspective for us to see because, you know, all of us here on air with me joke about how, you know, Tori's crystal ball. But like I've said, it's mathematical precision. We have everything we need. And every single publication that I've put out there, either with my pen name or my actual name, as you can see, was very predictive. Like, for example, today we find that the Russian attorney, Natalia, you know, that infamous attorney uh, who set up the meeting with Don Jr. uh, is found guilty of obstruction of justice. And I can only cite you, I think I wrote that for big league politics, where I said, this is the reason why Jeff Session had to recuse himself because he was part of the Senate Oversight Committee that questioned her. But her involvement with was actually obstructing justice by not providing the appropriate information and being the go-to with McCain. I wrote it out, and this is from like June, May, June, July period where I wrote about it, but it's coming out in the news now. So it's not a crystal ball. It's the fact that the evidence is there, but for some reason, I've been saying it before, we make the news, not the mainstream media. It wasn't out there. Also, I'd like to tell my fans, yes, I am excited. So the ratings for the month of December have come in, and Mark Levin um, is not getting the attention he should. Like I said, he's a cruise bootlegger. You know, he is not a Trumper. He is just jumping on that train. And the minute, you know, we'll see in 2020 how he responds when the new duo throw their hat in and... I'll just remind you to listen to the first half hour of today's show to remember who I'm inferring to. Someone I don't want to really comment yet on. So, having said all that, tomorrow, Laura Loomer. And Thursday, in the Matrix and Shady Grove, where we'll talk everything Q for the full two hours with lines open. uh, So that way, everyone can join in. And so let's continue on this. So we're talking and, you know, national, you know, we're getting into a national state of emergency. It's humanitarian first, which is very indicative of the tone that our president is taking. Remember, like I've said many times before, he gives people the opportunity to come clean. And. Just to make it clear, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday who knows that I have evidence. Uh, You know, he knows I have documented evidence, audio evidence, uh, multiple witnesses for some specific person who didn't really commit a crime, but, you know, has taken a position of office With the, how do I say this without 
name dropping yet, right? Not yet. <laughs> um, he was elected into office, but he is not who he says he is. How's that? So someone's like, well, why don't you, you know, you didn't put it out. You didn't show it to the people. You know, the people should have known. And I said, well, you know, I said it. Yeah, but that's not good enough. Nobody knows who you are. Why would anyone listen? And I was like, exactly. So I'm okay with no one listening. I'm okay with someone saying, well, that's nuts. Why would someone make that allegation? But on the other hand, has that person come at me? No. And you know what I said? Because I'm not the type of person that'll just get back at you and get into this catty fight and say, here, look. No. I'm waiting for that time where you get deposed in court. And it goes on public record. And then you have to, you have to be confronted with the truth because you know that the evidence is there because you're going to have it in front of you. So either you're going to perjure yourself or you're going to come clean. Because the best way to expose your enemies is by having them pull their own pants down. And like our president and many of us, maybe it's the water in New York that give us the stubbornness. We're okay with whoever thinks that they know President Trump and talk about him. Or whoever may know, you know, you, me, your mother and talk about them. They don't. But I think the best way to do it is let them expose themselves. I mean, uh, my day's coming soon. It's been, you know, five years in the making, but it's happening. And the president has been working on this for how many decades? And it's coming. And like I said, all of us need patience. Because right now, tonight, the Democrats have pulled their own pants down. The nation will know that they are highly aware of what is going on on the southern border. Just speaking of the humanitarian aspect. The women being flown in or shipped in to, you know, this Central America or Mexico and then put on trucks. Remember that truck that was uh, found in Walmart with tons of people in it? Yeah. Women bound, taped mouths to do what? To be sold in the United States. Children, young men. How will the Democrats answer to that? How, I mean, how in any universe is it okay to say, well, because it's not really going to stop it, we shouldn't do it. But it's like, I've just, I demonstrated in the last half hour. I use my language skills to discern a hidden terrorist, a possible terrorist, because I can't confirm or deny if they were, that had already bypassed biometrics at the airport, which is over. The only thing they don't do there is give you a colonoscopy when you go through TSA, when you go through customs. And yet he was able to bypass it, and because that customs agent had served in the Middle East and saw a very specific, you know how they hold it between two fingers and sway it to their side. He was holding a bottle like that. It reminded him of something, and he just had a feeling, and he was right. But how many of them have served in the Middle East to be able to identify certain nuances like that? Not many. So if he wasn't there that day and was off, and there was some other guy who never served, who just went through proper training, you know, just regular training, that guy would have been through our border, and God knows what would have happened. 
So to say, oh, because it's not going to stop it all, that we shouldn't do it, is a lame excuse because the majority of it, which we can't even stop with biometrics because they don't use it down at the border, they just cross over. And again, I'll reinforce, we need it in the north too, right? We need it on the northern side as well. So hopefully, you know, during this emergency, you know, declaration, we could get the northern border stitched up a bit, please. Because we don't understand, we can't understand, we can't fathom the idea that if they can go through our airports, how many of them are coming down through a border that is wide open? How do you do it? And Pence said it all. He said we need medical facilities for medical treatment and better technology for screening, for identifying screenings. That's imperative. So I wanted to play another portion of his um, interview. Hold on. Let me see which one it is. So this is shutdown stalemate. We've already seen that one. Uh, where is it? The 60,000 people. He already spoke about that one. Oh, narcotics. Let's talk about drugs. Okay? Here we go. We're apprehended attempting to come into the United States through various means in the last Overwhelmingly year. Overwhelmingly at airports, not at the border. Yeah, but 3,000 uh, special interest individuals, people with suspicious backgrounds that may suggest terrorist connections, were apprehended at our southern border. Last year alone, 17,000 individuals with criminal histories were apprehended at our southern border. Literally billions of dollars of narcotics flow through our southern border. 90% of all the heroin that comes into this country that claims the lives of 300 Americans every Okay, so Twitter decided not to play further. But did you hear his rebuttal? This is ABC. Did you hear his rebuttal? Oh, but it's at the airports. That's because the only place where we can actually screen them and catch them. In our southern border, it's all about do we have any agents in the area? Do they have eyes on them? Have we seen them? And can we catch them? You know, we don't have enough bodies you know, down there minding the border. And that costs a fortune. So what their argument is, oh, well, they're coming from the airport. Because, duh, that's the only place you can get statistics. Because that's the only place you can control every single person coming in. Single file. Let me see your face. Let me see your passport. Done. Let me check your suitcase. All right. Go through the metal detector. Done. We don't have that at the southern border. That's why we're not capturing. So imagine if we're capturing that many people at airports, right, that have failed to get through biometrics, that have failed to uh, smuggle things because they didn't have the right technology to trick our machines. Because, you know, a machine can be tricked. There's always a program that's better than any other program, right? We see it with Trojans and, and, and different viruses and worms that we have. So think about it. Think about just what kind of warfare the mainstream media is doing on America. To someone that cannot think, someone that cannot discern, they're sitting there telling you, oh, but that's from the airport. No, duh, that's the only place I have someone catching them. 
because I can't catch 60,000 people coming through a border that I can't monitor and I can't control the flow of people. This is the point. I hope the president makes it clear because you know what? We're going to hear Schumer, crazy Chuck Schumer and facial stroke Pelosi. I mean, she looks like she's had like 50 strokes. She, she keeps calling President Trump Bush. They're going to say, well, those are statistics from the airport. And that's what's important. They're from the airport. So imagine ports of entry that are not manned, how many of them there are. It's incredible that they peddle this. And it is imperative that that message is put forward tonight. That people can discern fact from fiction because the mainstream media is banking on people being uninformed because uh you know if did you guys see the rampage from the left like what was it nbc heidi let me pull up her tweet it was pretty insane she was inferring that our president is going to provide misinformation so hopefully the president and i know his people listen to every shows that are out there not just mine every single one they read every single article They look at every single tweet. It is imperative that all of you that are listening to me now, and it's a lot of you, that we make sure he drives it home. Imagine they're catching 3,000 at the airport. How many are coming through an unmanned, uncontrolled, unsecure southern border of 2,000 miles? Incredible, isn't it? This is what he's going to drive home. I hope he does effectively put that through the minds of the layman person. Because every single one of them, how many, we've heard Pence on, you know, different segments. They kept saying, but that's from the airport. And it's like, yeah, no duh. Guys, this is like the important, you, the thing about the media is that they take what they want and they spin it as they wish. The same thing goes for trolls and people that are misinformed or that have some skin in the game. They tell you the story they want you to believe because that makes it better for them. So think about it. But it's from the airport. Think, logically, right? Yeah, you're right. All of these statistics are from the airport. We're the ones from the southern porter. Well, we can't really give it to you because we can't catch all of them. That should scare you. That should scare you that there's so many terrorists coming through and we can't count. That should scare you that so much, so many drugs are coming through and we're catching billions of tons, but we're still missing tons more. Uh, I was listening to a show and I tweeted it out by Chris Berg, a journalist um, from Fargo, and he said, do you know that last year more Americans died from drug overdoses than the whole Vietnam War? Just sit down and think about that for a second. We know we have an opioid epidemic and that was endogenous. We created it. Our country created it. Kind of like the cocaine thing. Remember that article that I wrote about William Barr, the two-segment part that went viral because nobody had any idea who this guy is. Nobody had any idea that the Clintons and the Bushes were running the cocaine. This is why everyone was so coked up in the 80s. 
They were literally bringing it. They were sitting and kicking it with Noriega, and then they framed him for it when they got caught skimming $100 million off of the merchandise, right? And they blamed it all on Barry Seal. So that was cocaine. So now we've got the more civil or more adult or more executive or more proper drug organizations, which are the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors that peddle it. From amphetamines to opioids, because, you know, we've got the Adderall, which is pretty much speed, and the opioids, and now we have them laced. Now we're killing people because these are all testing the waters. So organized crime changes and evolves with society. Before, it used to be, you know, totally underground in smoking rooms, you know, with dodgy characters, right? And then it moves on to be more executive and more selling blocks of it and creating factories that are manufacturing it and then manufacturing reasons as to why people need these drugs. So these, just so you understand, the humanitarian portion is for the children and for the vulnerable people. But it also goes... It's got to be humanitarian for us to not want to kill our own people and bring these drugs in. I'm more of the point that if someone wants to do drugs, let them. They die. You tell them no. You tell them this is no good. You give them guidance. You give them all the help you can. But in the end, they will do what they want. It is their life. Let it go. Let Darwin take its course. Kind of like Tide Pods. Should have just left it. Or, you know, now this whole bird box thing, you know. Oh, don't use a blindfold. (laughs) Let nature take its course. This is why it's called evolution. The fittest survive and the smartest do. But on the other hand, it is our obligation, our humanitarian obligation, to protect those vulnerable. Because we all know that people that fall prone to be addicted to opioids are um, actually genetically predisposed to do so. Some have specific receptors on brain cells. Others have um, the inability to produce uh, certain chemicals to counter the effects. Uh, There's a majority of biological reasons as to why some people are more addicted to something than the others. Like for me, I am completely addicted to nicotine. Completely. And I've been challenged. And I know a lot of you will be like, oh, it kills. Yeah, okay, it will. But just like an addict, I'll be like, you know, I've got one life to live, whatever. And I get scolded for it, and it's a nasty habit. But I'm addicted to it. And believe it or not, you know, since I'm able to, I am genetically predisposed to be more addicted to nicotine because apparently to my genetic profile that I've analyzed myself because I like to do that stuff. I also know I don't have a jumping gene. Um, You know, I have more nicotinic receptors. And so, you know, we need to do this. Because it is our obligation as a nation to protect people, you know, that are genetically predisposed to be more addicted to things. I I, I would say so. I mean, it's our obligation to do so. I tell my children every day, don't ever touch a cigarette because you are genetically predisposed to be addicted to it. And mom hates it. I hate the fact that I smoke. I hate the fact that my hair smells. You do not want to do it. And I warned them, and I am glad that there are certain measures in place, you know, like that it was banned, and I'm okay with that. I mean, it upsets me, you know, when I want to eat at a restaurant and sit there and spark a cigarette. But I'm okay with that because it's protecting other people that are prone to it like me because no one protected me, you know, uh, because nobody knew that there were genetic predispositions. So drugs is a big deal. It's killing us. 
at a very rapid rate. Either that be coming from our doctors and pharmaceutical companies, which finally, through the Trump administration, we are putting in check. I mean, how many physicians have lost their licenses for overprescribing? And I do see that we do have a lot of Medicare, Medicaid, um, CMS programs that monitor drugs, uh, you know, uh, the boards of pharmacy that are monitoring drugs, the DEA being more stringent on the licenses that they provide to providers. I get it. We are, we are fighting that. But then there's the illegal part where they're coming through the border unchecked, completely unchecked. And we're not talking about drugs like marijuana because no one's died from that. Actually, it does a lot of good to many people in different forms, either that be edible forms, oil forms, whatever. And everyone can have their opinion on it. But a bottom line is no one's ever died from using it. They've died from that, you know, gang wars and trying to penetrate their farms. But no one's died from that. So we're talking heroin. We're talking fentanyl. We're talking, you know, am- amphetamine, speed, coke, those things. Uh, and, you know, our president has done a lot. He's worked with China to make sure it doesn't come in the mail. They used to mail that, you know, which kind of sucks because sometimes for me, I like to make sure that I have um, antibiotics stocked up. And so sometimes if I travel overseas or if my kids do or something, I want to bring back, you know, Augmentin or some other antibiotic. So if the doctor prescribes it, I don't have to go to the pharmacy and get it. I already have it. And I have the brand name, too, because it only cost me $3 outside of the United States. You know, because thanks to Obamacare, everything's, like, super expensive now. So, again, drugs, big deal. It is a very, very big deal. And like I said, not a lot of people die from some drugs, right, like marijuana. But think, it's not the death of just the people that are using the drugs, but the people that are protecting it and pushing it, right? Gang wars. It creates more organized networks, you know, that have to distribute this. So it perpetuates other things too. So it is our obligation to put this forward, if anything, for the children that are being trafficked. Because right now as we speak, another child has just been sold to someone else. Either that be coming from the U.S. being sold out to another country through Mexico or one that came in through the Mexican border to the United States to another person. And again, who knows what they're doing? Is it a sex slave? Is it a house slave? Is it dinner? Is it an organ donor? Nobody knows. But they're literally selling human beings. And in my state, I can tell you, it's one of the most lucrative businesses lucrative and they use women from the reservations children from the reservations missing fetuses from the reservations this is a really big problem and i'm very glad that for the first time in my lifetime a president has spoken and was very descriptive because remember the clip that i played yesterday on my show where he said they put tape over their mouth they bind their hands and they bring them imagine being that young woman that child that young man being bound and being uncertain that young man that you will never know the name of that his mother and father may never see again or maybe he was just an orphan no one's going to claim him no one can find him who Nobody knows where he's going. If you could save that just one young man or young woman or child, why wouldn't you want a wall? Why wouldn't you want us to be able to quantify the statistics of people trying to penetrate our southern border like we can at the airport, which are still insane numbers considering it's the airport. So if you're coming from another country into an international airport, anyone that has traveled out of the country, you know how 
secure it is. You know how they go through with a fine tooth comb on everything. You know it. So then imagine if we have numbers from airports. How many are happening through the southern border? You know, it's not like a child trafficker or human trafficker will come through the you know, port of entry even when we build the wall. But they'll try just like they do at airports. How many children are being trafficked right now in airplanes being flown out of our country and can't say a word? We saw that happen. Oh, and I'm trying to remember the case. They literally take them. They can't say anything. Their child identifications are different because I know that. I have a child too, and she doesn't even need a passport to travel within the United States, you know, if they're under like 15 or something, right? So think about it. Just how many of them are being trafficked through the southern border. I mean, you have to be a special kind of not nice person to say, well, I don't care. I I don't want the wall anyway. We'll figure it out figure it out. This has been going on for centuries since the beginning of time. So in the second half, I'll try to open up the phone lines uh, right after this break. So bear with me. I'll try it. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities. Welcome back. You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-55-700-2978. That's 855 855- 700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays close cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is 
now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Okay, and welcome back for the last half hour of the show. And, okay, I really tried to get these phone lines working, and they're not. So I sincerely apologize. But I've gotten so many messages from you. Um, I'm only going to read out the questions. So, again, you can uh, DM me. My DMs are open at Tori underscore says dot com or on Gab at Tori underscore says dot com or um, on the Tori Says page on Facebook or Red State Talk Radio on Facebook. So, um I was uh, reading through your messages during the break uh, when I found that the latest software update I did have probably is not the best one. Uh, And, you know, thank you for all your commentary. And, yes, I'm excited. I'm getting my popcorn ready at 9 Eastern, 8 Central Standard Time. I believe that all of America, uh, the Americans that voted, the Americans that believe that we are entitled to define our sovereignty, right? The Americans that believe that we have the humanitarian obligation to stop human and child trafficking. Those that believe that we should ensure that we can control the flow of non-regulated narcotics into our country. All of those Americans will be watching TV. Obviously, when Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer come up, I'm going to turn it off. I'll just wait for, you know, uh, Twitter or YouTube to have it on because I refuse to show any interest. Why? Because there were so many presidential addresses. And, you know, Scott Adams, I joined him on his show in Philly today, and um, we were on air, and he said, you know, we did listen to uh, Clinton's presidential address. Remember the one where he lied, where he's like, I did not have, you know, that got impeached for the same reason later that we all know he lied? This impeached president who gave, you know, this address to tell us straight to our face on all national news cross border you know from from coast to coast across the globe i did not have sexual so he was able to have that you did not hear anybody else say well i want airtime too i should have a rebuttal what do you mean a rebuttal this isn't a discussion this is the president providing an address to his citizens to tell him how he as president sees it not as a democrat not as a republican as your president He is telling you, this is my position. This is why I want a wall, which is now he's going to call a barrier because obviously wall is a trigger word. And he's going to say, this is the deal. And you know why they want a rebuttal? Because how are they going to come back from the fact that people are going to realize, people that will listen carefully will realize that they know what's going on 
at the southern border. It has been reinforced by Vice President Pence that they spent the whole weekend while Trump was where at Camp David. And I told many of you last week, it was unannounced. You know, when a president announces he's going, he's usually going like to a retreat. Speaking of retreats, I actually went to my city council meeting yesterday. Um, uh, they were... Uh, what did they say? They said that they're going on a retreat. And I'm thinking, the city has no money, yet we're going to pay for you to go on a vacation somewhere and chit-chat. I think they should just take potluck and go maybe to an auditorium and you know, sit down on the floor until they realize how to fix the economy locally here in North Dakota. But anyway, having said that, that's what Camp David is. It's pretty much a retreat where they sit down and brainstorm. Companies do it nationwide. Big companies do that nationwide where they sit down, they relax, and they all discuss, you know, in an informal way, I guess, um, but it is formal, where they're more relaxed. They're away from the eyes of the cameras, and they could just be straight with each other, and they could drop the F-bombs, and they could be serious and say, no, I'm calling you out on this, calling you out on that. Usually, when people go to Camp David, it's all these big Big officials, the vice president, the president, they all get together and they huddle. This was not the case. So President Trump left. Vice President stayed. He told them this is what he's doing now in Camp David. He told them this is what's going to happen. Now you have no choice, but we need to figure this out because he will build that wall. He will not open up the government. And obviously, without Pence did what he had to do. So Pence did what he had to do. He pushed that forward, and that was it. Done. So now we're at the point where our president has pretty much laid the groundwork and said what's going to happen. And listen to him tell you, because this is the prelude. So let's take a listen quickly again. We played this yesterday, but take a listen again. Reported. I don't know why. That you don't want to report it. But take a look at San Diego and other areas. We've had new wall built. But we can do much more if they give us the money to do it. But a lot of work has already been done. You know, when they say build the wall, I don't say that anymore. I say finish the wall because we have done a lot of work. If you know the the billion six and a billion six for two years, it had language in that really allows you to build certain amount of wall, but mostly renovate existing walls. We've renovated a lot of walls, and they've done a very good job. So we'll see what DACA, what happens with DACA. DACA's right now before the United States Supreme Court. If the court does what most great legal scholars think they'll do, they won't give President Obama or President Trump the power to do what President Obama did. Okay, key point that we didn't discuss yesterday, and I don't know if I jumped too far ahead on the video, um, was uh, that he is waiting for DACA to come out of the Supreme Court. And what is going to be decided is if President Obama actually had the authority to do what he did. And he said, not just President Obama, because you have to criticize what he did. What he did was outside the scope of a president. And he said, so we need to make the law, not just for what happened, but for who's to come after. And for myself, that I don't have the authority to do something like this and exercise and overuse and overreach my power, which is incredible. I think it was before that. So 
I'm looking for the actual timing of it. Give me a second. Let me see if it's this. It was the vote to open. It wasn't against because I think everybody agrees. Frankly, the Democrats agree that you need border security. They agree that you need a barrier. Uh, I put out barrier. a quote this morning of Barack Obama. I put out a quote this morning of Hillary Clinton in 2015. That was a few years ago. Strongly saying that you need a border to keep illegals out. And that's what you have to have. But it's not just illegal. It's criminal. It's drugs. It's the new phenomena that's been Here we go. Been going on for thousands of years. Here we it's go. It's never been worse than now because of the internet. Human trafficking, where they grab women, put tape over their mouth, come through our border, and sell them. And they go both ways in both directions. Okay. So that was it. So he said, it's an age-old phenomenon. Exactly what I've said. This has been happening for, for eons. People considering themselves better humans than others. That they're more important than the other human, maybe because they look different. Their skin color, they'll just find anything. It's just an excuse. Because a human being is a human being. I don't care what color you are, how tall you are, how fat you are, how thin you are, you know, how you speak. You're still a human being. So there are people that think they are better than other, you know, how do you say it? That their poop doesn't stink? It smells like roses, they say. In England, they say, does your poop smell like roses? That's the ironic... The, 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 the sarcastic, I would say, way of saying, <coughs> excuse me, are you better than everyone else? So that's, that's what he's pointing out, that it's happened for years and thousands of years, as he said, and it's a very lucrative business. Lucrative. Money. People making babies. And you know what they do sometimes? They bring these people over and they give birth to babies too. And... Then they sell those babies. There, there's tons of stories, and people can say, tinfoil hat, no, this is reality. You could just go on YouTube and see exposés from the 90s, and not just in America. These happen everywhere. I mean, when you go to Thailand, there is literally a pedo district where people can go and pay and have their way with children. You know, uh, it makes me sick thinking about it. But what he said is, with the internet, it's gotten worse. Come on, we saw it with Backpage, right? He took that down the minute he got into office. He took it down, took it down hard. And imagine how many names, emails, IP addresses are connected to that, all coming to fruition slowly. All of these sealed indictments coming through from elected officials in every single state. And I'm so proud to say that my state is going to have the crackdown too. Because they accessed it, they purchased there, there were stories, you know, obviously the mainstream media is not putting them through. So we look at alternative outlets and local uh, stations that have to report it. Where like that one woman that was going to sell her niece, you know, and went to Morocco. Did you guys hear about that? Where she, she was negotiating through Facebook and flew to Morocco to figure out how much she'll be charged for every time someone, you know, a, <laughs> has their way with her niece. 
and they were scheduling a trip together to go to Morocco? Like, when would she come back with her niece? Like, or what was the plan to say she was kidnapped or she tripped, fell, died, drowned? What would be the plan? Because obviously this child wasn't too young. And she was between the age of 12 and 14, if I remember off the top of my head. She can obviously discern what's correct and what's not. And when you have your aunt pimping you out to Moroccans, you know, if you come home, you're going to tell your mom or someone. Unless you're okay with getting money for it, but still, can a child really make a decision? Then that circles back to the executive order that, you know, has been changed so many times. Right. Article 120 B from Clinton to Bush to Obama, pretty much making it okay to have sex with children. Creating loopholes to marry children. Children can't be held to the same standards in our courts for committing crimes because the law recognizes that they are unable to actually make decisions correctly because they're young. You will think twice as an adult to run out into the street to catch a ball. A young child will not because they do not know or recognize the threat of a car. They know cars go down there, but they don't think they're threatening. This is, these are children. So even if that child didn't say anything coming back because she thought, you know, money is fine and this is a way to do it. It's horrific. Think about it. So yes, It's not going to stop all child trafficking and all human trafficking. It will not. But it will cut out a majority of that market in our nation. The majority. The unchecked majority. The one that we cannot quantify. This is incredible. And tonight, what I expect is that the Democrats will not have a rebuttal to that. But... You know, they might, because their rebuttal will be going back and forth with parsed out questions from the mainstream media saying, yeah, they're quoting things from the airport. Doesn't happen in the southern border. Really, it doesn't? Yeah, because we can't quantify it. You're right. We can't. It's even worse down there. They will come back to excuse why they're saying, well, you know, we don't really have the data on the child and human trafficking, but based on the facts with the airports, we're good. What? This is what they're going to do. So they're rebutting a presidential address. This has never, ever, ever, ever happened before in the history of forever, ever, ever. That someone wants to rebut to a presidential address. This isn't something up for discussion. This is just a statement by the president to the people. This isn't an open discussion where, you know, the media is going to ask him questions. It's a statement. Say this, I'm finished, end of the airing. It's not a discussion with the Democrats. It's not a discussion with Republicans because we know there are a lot of Republicans out there that are totally against taking this industry down because I've said it again, there is no parties They're all the same. And the sooner you realize it, the sooner you will understand what's going on. And now, yes, the Republican Party has been enriched with people that don't subscribe to any party mentality. We saw John Hoven going salty about Kramer going on the seventh floor. Just saying. So we've got good people in. Good, good people in this time around. Trying to fix people that are representing the people. 
And I'm pretty sure that even if you're the, the far leftist, left, left person, in all actuality, you can't really argue with that. You can't say, well, you know, if I do get a border, these women and, and these young men and these children won't be tortured. I mean, that's what counts. These children, what did they do? Nothing. It is our obligation as human beings to protect them because they're children. They're innocent. These young women and men, they come from, you know, poverty-stricken cities and nations that may be orphans that have been raised, you know, on Venezuelan streets eating garbage. You know, they can, they're vulnerable. And evil people do prey on them because what they see when they see that little boy eating garbage in Venezuela and say, hey, come here. Kind of like the guy in the ice cream truck. Come over here. I'll take you to America with me if you want because I like you. And they get to America. And then he sells the boy for $100,000. What happens to that little boy? What happens to him? I don't know if you guys saw the open letter to Nancy Pelosi that I did on ToriSays.com, but there is a link to the report from 48 Hours. I want you guys to watch that video that's there. It's from 2005. It really chokes me up, seriously. Because to think that there are human beings out there right now, considering that the wall isn't important enough. Because I put it on a Reddit. And I, in a leftist room, <laughs> and I literally had people, oh, this is just a manufactured thing from crazy Christians. How, how insane does that sound? Now, you know, they could just be sock puppets, bots, paid to do things. You know, we saw how... Um, Crazy Casterson uh, gets paid to post on President Trump's feed, right? You saw that, right? How he gets paid to tweet first. So his job is just just monitor when President Trump tweets to sit there and have a response ready to just trash him. So he's at the top of the list, right? There's a lot of that out there. Because the thing is with social media and with the Internet, just like President Trump said, a lot of evil happens. People that don't deserve platforms are on it. People that perpetuate hate and division, that prey on people that are vulnerable, people that have problems, people that look funny, uh, people that um, do things that they don't like, or better yet, things that they're jealous of. Take on platforms and create this vitriol hatred, kind of like Antifa. Anti-fascist, more like anarchists, without a cause. Today, while you watch this presidential address, it is imperative to listen to his words, and I'm pretty sure at this address it'll be crystal clear what his points are. And I'm hoping that he steers away from the economic factors. These are my hopes. What I want to see is I understand the financial burden that illegal immigration provides to my country. I understand it. I get it. But there are a lot of people that just cross the border, not because they're seeking asylum, but because they're seeking the American dream, which, you know, unfortunately... hasn't been around for a few decades. We don't have the American dream to offer anymore. We don't. But they're still under that illusion because 
our country looks better than theirs and they want to come here. You know, that's not a valid reason. You have to do with what you have. You can't just up and leave and go. I mean, you know, I was flirting with the idea of going to Australia, but then, you know, I was thinking about it and I could go because there's a point system. And as long as you're a productive citizen, they'll allow you to migrate. I was thinking about that, um, you know, when my eldest actually gets into graduate school. I mean, she's already joined the military, so I actually thought of that. I think it would be great, but then, you know, we have the other young one. Do we want to do it maybe when she goes? Because we had kids young, so, you know, we could travel after that and do our thing. But, you know, there's a merit system, and why not have a merit system? You know, I really do, do hope that he steers away from the economic factors the factors of hey they're costing us so much money and it's millions of dollars because unfortunately the far left wants to open all borders across the world and be global citizens and you know in an ideal world maybe that would work if there weren't these vicious evil persons that just crave power because it's all about power it's all about taking the power from you and handing it to them and you know for the first time we have the power in our hands and it's time we take action with that power and these these are one of the actions we should do so hopefully he drives it to hit home to every single american saying you know we do have this obligation we have the obligation to make sure we don't bring drugs into our country we have the obligation to not have a repeat of 9-11 and allow terrorists to come in i mean they're already able to penetrate our airports which are highly secure they use facial recognition. The minute you're walking in the airport, right, you're walking, right, randomly heading to Starbucks, they're still listening to what you're saying while you're walking in the airport. Most secure place ever. Your phone can also be scanned for keywords on your recent text or posts on social media. You don't know that. So it is the most secure place, and they still come through. So how can you not fathom the idea that thousands of them are coming undetected through an unmanned border? Tonight, when you watch the presidential address, listen to what he says. We hope that he steers it away from the economic factor and uses the main factors, which is our humanitarian obligation to these vulnerable people. And one may say, well, you know, they're coming here, you know, they bring them here, they track them here, and we need to take care of them. We are. If any of you went to the Justice Department's website, you'd see that all of all the victims, 19 of them were children. They were reunited with their parents, which could have been, imagine that child now going through that healing, having to have gone through what it had gone through, performing 45 sexual acts a night with random people, being beaten daily a child these people that parents had given up to find and other people that were trafficked there and now our nation is obliged to help them heal assimilate and get on with their lives we're not going to deport them back we ask them what would you like to do because that is what humanitarian efforts are having your borders wide open is not a humanitarian effort no matter how you look at it. Because yes, it'll get in those people that are craving the American dream, those people that are running away from the cartels, uh, from the guerrillas. Yes, it will. But that's only a fraction. And on them piggyback criminals. 
drugs and human and child traffickers. That's the opportunity. They piggyback on these people. They piggyback on, on, on those vulnerable persons seeking to achieve a dream, even though legally it's not really the right way to do it. You know, oh, I don't like this country. I'm just going to go there, and they're just going to have to accept me. You know, it's kind of in your face, but let's pretend we're like, oh, it's okay. Come. <laughs> For every one person coming here to achieve the American dream, we have a hundred criminals and a thousand people trafficked. That should be something to think about. Maybe, you know, with our booming economy, you know, we obviously need more people to work for us. We can terminate these extreme visa refugee programs that are in place like Lutheran Social Services. And start opening our doors and our ports of entry to people that would be willing to risk their life for a better life. Because there are a lot of those people. There's that mom in Honduras that's sleeping in a two-by-four, you know, steel hut. That's like, oh my gosh, if I go to America, maybe I can work. I want to work. I want my kid to have better. Yes, I get it. And you can. But the right way. You don't need to risk your life or your child's life because we are a country built of immigrants, but we want to regulate who comes here. Because if we have open borders, we also have drugs, we have gangs, we have criminal organizations, and we have human and child trafficking. So tonight when you watch the presidential address, keep in mind our obligation as a nation of immigrants to regulate who comes in here so we can exclude those that don't belong here like criminals. Because that woman, Rosario, in Honduras in her 2 by 4 tin can and will be able to come in because that is what we do. We are good people in America. And then I want you to pay attention how they'll keep reinforcing that the numbers are from airports only. And remember me in the back of your mind who says, imagine if at the airport that's the number, how big it is on the southern border. I'll see you guys tomorrow, same time, 12 Eastern, 11 Central. Grab your popcorn and get ready at 9 p.m. And tomorrow, don't forget, we have Laura Loomer with us. 1 to 2 Eastern. Have a healthy and happy evening.